These are entrepreneurs, and there is nothing more risky than starting your own company. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. I'm Jess Shear with Account Tech Report. Seth Feinberg, Editor, Accounting Web. And I'm Dan Hood, Editor-in-Chief of Accounting Today. Wow. So we have all the editors of the big, major media powerhouses in the accounting industry at one table. We're here at Account Tech USA in Boston. And you guys normally do not, you're siloed out, like competing media properties brought together to speak about whatever we're going to speak about today. Any ideas, Blake? Well, I, I have a starter question because I'm always wondering, what is top of mind for accountants, bookkeepers, anyone in the accounting profession. And you all have unique insight in that you know what articles people are <laughs> reading, right? So I, cause I, I read everything. I read this particular article and I think it's fascinating, but maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm weird, right? So I'm curious to know, based on your perspective, like what is top of mind for the accounting profession? And I'd be interested if it aligns with what we've seen, like in our downloads, QuickBooks Live is huge for us download-wise. Everybody loves QuickBooks Live, but outside of that, I don't know if we have any numbers. So that's a great question, Blake. So who wants to start? Dan. Well, I'll give you a shot. I'm just, this is literally just in terms of, of actual numbers of, you know, story views. It's anything tax. It's still, there's very much a technical focus. Definitely. Uh, in all, I'm, I'm sure, you know, if it's latest tax regulations, latest IRS guidance, uh, all that stuff, they're very into the technical issues still. Um, and it's only after you sort of clear that away and say, all right, what else are they looking at that you get to the broader sort of professional issues or the practice management issues? So, and you mean, you mean articles like actually how do you deal with what, like uh, Wayfair, sales tax, or income tax, uh, TC, yeah, JA. Anything, you know, st- anything about the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is huge. Uh, any things about, you know, when the IRS comes out with the new 1040s, uh, or the proposed 1040s, the proposed W-4, all that sort of very technical sort of stuff, that's top of mind because that's, you know, what they're doing every single day. How about you, Seth? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, mine and uh, Dan's approach, you know, the approach of accounting web, the approach in accounting today, you know, obviously we're keeping our finger on the pulse of, like, what's actually going on. What we'll do is go, okay, um, you know, like you brought up Wayfair. So when that happened, we didn't necessarily say, okay, this happened. We kind of take the perspective of, all right, let's find people who know something about sales tax and who've been following it, who've been active about it, and tell other tax professionals how to advise their clients how to deal with it. And so, yeah, that has been huge. And if so, if you've been kind of following along for just that story thread, just Wayfair specifically, and its impact on, you know, state-by-state basis, it's it's pretty fascinating on what is actually going to ultimately happen to retailers state-by-state. And so, and yeah, and any anything that an accountant can get their teeth into, uh, you know, tax-related. And that's just one tax topic. But Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, how, you know, the ripple effects from there, which are going to be going on for years. Absolutely. I mean, the, the best kept secret for accounting firms is that changes in tax laws keep accountants fully employed. <laughs> the only thing better is a chaotic rollout of changes in tax laws. And, and, and we hit both last year. So pretty it's, much. It's, 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 you know, it's been fantastic. It was a great year. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it just it just hit like a ton of bricks. And, you know, uh, you know, I, I've been covering the profession, I guess, 17 years. Dan, you know, uh, has been involved even longer than that. And uh, what we've seen the most 
uh, with accountants is nothing motivates an accountant uh, more than changes in the regulatory environment and just compliance in general. Like, the, you have to do this. Look at what's going on in the UK, uh, specifically. Like, so, so, David, I'm getting the picture. We're covering completely the wrong topic. <laughs> we, should, we, should, well, we should switch well, to tax. This is the thing. Is you, you, you think, right, because we're like, I've got to cover all this sort of stuff. But then the issues that are really going to matter for them, if they're going to, they can't just focus on the, the technical thing. That's what's really changing sort of the story going on in the profession is if you stay only focused on the technical issues, on the tax law changes, the regulatory changes, um, you're missing out on, on some things, on some opportunities, but also there are some, I don't want to call them threats, but there are some issues, some areas of concern that are coming up that you won't find out about if that's all you're paying attention to. And it's entirely too easy to sort of focus only on the day-to-day uh, sort of thing as opposed to, to taking a step back and looking at where the profession is going and where the business is going. And ultimately, this does get around to the A word that we were discussing before, which is advisory. Ultimately, all of these changes and all of these things, like just putting tax aside, but even just with tax itself, it's like you have to be on top of this because your clients have questions. They have more questions, not just about tax, but about just the whole changes, in, you know, uh, all the changes in the, the business environment in general. And who are they looking to the most? It's like, are you going to be kind of sitting on the sidelines with that and continuing to just, all right, well, I'll, I'll help you, you know, fill this out for you and, you know, I'll make sure that, like, you know, you don't get audited and all these things that, that we've been doing for years and years and years. Or are you actually going to have to step up and talk to your client more about planning issues? Have you met their clients? They don't want to talk more to their clients. No one wants <laughs> to know what these clients are like. <laughs> but but no, it's yeah. it's true. That's that's pretty much what what's happening. So it's like you're you're getting pushed to advisory whether you like it or not. And I, th- I think there's really sort of two pieces. The first one is the compliance piece around tax is table stakes, right? It's it's not that that's what's driving needs. It's that they have to do that part. Why do they have to do that part? Well, one, there's a steady base of work. But the second part is that then gives you the insight to do the higher, more profitable advisory work, right? So one feeds the other. What, what drives traffic to our websites, to, to our content, is the table state content. The question is, if that's all you're focused on, then I, I think we'd be doing a disservice if we said, if you just are good at tax, then you're going to be a great firm going forward. I think that's, that's the baseline. Then the next opportunity is, where can you follow the money? Where can you find more profitable revenue sources? And that's where advisory comes in. I think a lot of people are worried. They say, oh, they want us to give up our old you know, core services and just do this advisory stuff. And that's not right. It's, you have to stick with the old work. You have to stick with the old stuff. Yeah. Because that's what gives you that's, the, you the reason to, to exist. That's what brings them in. And then it's like, oh, well, we can have a conversation about what do we do next? What do you do over the next three years? One of the things, I, I, keep, I keep coming back to this whenever you think about the, the, the tax, all this, you know, we talk about a huge amount of change going on in tax and, and accountants keeping up with it and paying a lot of attention to it. And like I said, it's driving a lot, it drives a lot of our traffic. You like those numbers. Right. It keeps the doors open, right? The, uh, it keeps the lights on. The thing that fascinates me about it, right, is that you hear a lot from, from you may hear this more from observers of the profession than from people in the profession. But there's a general sort of sense that accountants are don't like change, they're a little conservative, they're not up for change, they don't want to, to make these changes. And you think that the fact that every year they're able to digest this vast collection of changes and apply them with expert precision and so on, you know, they, you know, forget just the, the craziness of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Every year there's some ridiculous new set of standards. You know, there's three huge new uh, uh, FASB standards, you know, C-17, 
Diesel and uh, Lisa Gowning and all that sort of stuff. Accountants have a tremendous ability to digest change. They just don't think of it that way. They, you know, when you think about the fact that they're able to say, oh, yeah, the tax code changed in 1,500 different ways, and I figured it all out and applied it for my clients in seven different industries and individually. That's a huge amount of change to manage and digest. And accountants should think of themselves as much more comfortable with change, I think, than they do. I love that point. And that's one of the things that I think is really fascinating about the space. By their nature, they may be conservative, particularly when it comes to like audit and tax. It's We want to make sure that we stay within the boundaries of, of the law. Right. The difference, though, is particularly for small to mid-sized accounting firms like the ones we have here at Accountex, these are entrepreneurs. And there is nothing more risky than starting your own company, right. regardless of industry, and starting your own accounting firm in as challenging a market as, as we sometimes have with all the changes you're talking about and leaving the guaranteed income of a larger firm to start your own firm is incredibly risky. So there, there's that interesting psychological juxtaposition between our audience. So it's not, it's not that accountants are averse to change. It's that there's well they're they're too busy absorbing all the changes in the actual t- tax law to you know you know and that makes sense right because that's what that's what you're good at that's what people are paying you for practice management comes a little bit later and and maybe that's part of the reason the shift to cloud has taken longer here in the US right in other countries they do not have this complex regulatory regime like we do tax to, income tax is not as difficult right in in Australia or New Zealand i would add that I think what they're averse most to, at least in, in, in uh, you know, just being observers of the profession as we are, is being beat over the head with, this is what you have to do, this is what you have <laughs> yeah. to do. And, and where it's coming from, a lot of it, a lot of this, you have to change, you have to change, it kind of started coming from vendors. Well, not just kind of, having been in that <laughs> space. I'm being kind. <laughs> I'm being kind. Well, and it makes sense. Like, right? you, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to get people to implement your software, your tool, your solution. Uh, well, how do you motivate them to do that? Other than with you know fear that they're going to be left behind if they don't. Fear is great, right? Fear is a great motivator. So I'm afraid all the time. <laughs> and it drives web traffic. So I, 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 I was going to say the other half of that. To exactly. be fair, to, to, to be fair to vendors, right? The other the other group of people. Well, there's a number of group of people saying you got to make this change. Vendors are big on it, but everyone, you know, all three of us are big on you know the the, the media and, and thought leaders and pundits and stuff like that are constantly saying, hey, we heard this from a vendor. You should change and move to advisory. Um, so I mean, I think you know, I, I don't think anyone's doing it. Dishonestly, but there's definitely no. there there are there are ulterior motives to a lot of it. But I think the, the, the other the other piece is it's not creating demand when there where it doesn't exist. I think one of the things that that drives the attendees here is the role that technology plays, and technology is changing even faster than regulatory change. And and technology enablement has has two big components to it. One, it to your point around firm management it's going to help you go faster, right? You can't always hire fast enough to keep up with demand. And it's also the challenge of adding people when you're not sure if this new service, this new office is going to make it. And so you can figure out how to work more efficiently internally with automation. The other part is as large firms have been firing their clients and those clients have now been uh, making their way down to the small mid-sized firms that we have here at the show, um, technology is, is helped to level the playing field, right? Those clients are used to accountants with a certain level of, of technology automation. And so they're required to, if they want to pursue those clients, to be able to um, serve them in the same automated, cloud-based, secure manner. Well, the one thing that, you know, since we're on the topic of automation, I, I think that, you know, uh, and the topic of change, the one thing that uh, is most threatened by automation is the billable hour. You are going to, you're finding, the accountants are finding it harder and harder to justify things that are, you know, getting more and more automated 
to charge for that time to do it. If you are successful with your automation endeavors and you're on a billable hour system, you will <laughs> put your firm out of business. Right. How, how do I bill I, for pushing a button? Right? You know, I don't. Uh... I mean, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Putting it simply, absolutely. It's like you just that's that's what I think they struggle with the most. So they kind of don't want to leave that behind because this is what the, it's safe. It's what they know. They can see it. Um, I remember years ago uh, when you know first first hearing uh, uh, Ron Baker talk about it uh, at a conference maybe 16, 17 years ago it was at uh, it was at an AICPA conference and he was getting up talking about um, you know getting rid of the billable hour and people you would think that you know this was like a child murderer up there I swear <laughs> people two three four people getting up shaking their fists and yelling at Ron Baker to about fair, how it's immoral and it's Ron, Ron, Ron viciously hates them I mean he would kill the Bill and Blower he, he would literally if you could if you named your child Bill he and Blower run, he would kill it he would so run it over he twice, twice with it, and then beat it with a shovel he yeah but but anyways, this, and yes. this was this was you know 16 17 years ago and he was talking about this so but it was it was really kind of struck at the heart of the profession you would think that you know yeah he was just taking food out of their mouths. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Right Networks. In a perfect world, everyone would have 100% of their clients on a cloud-based accounting system using cloud-based apps. But the world isn't perfect and clients have a wide range of needs. And for some, this means using desktop-based software. That's where Right Networks comes in. Right Networks is your 100% accounting-focused desktop in the cloud that also includes an ecosystem of over 250 connected apps. As you and your clients take the journey to the cloud, Right Networks will be at your side, innovating the best ways to leverage the true cloud future by investing heavily in cloud apps like Transaction Pro and Autofy. They've created an always-on environment that supports 24-7 data transfer. Right Networks also offers no scheduled downtime for maintenance or application updates and meets the industry's highest security standards. To join the more than 50,000 firms that use Right Networks daily with their clients, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash rncloud. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash rncloud. And be sure to visit the Right Networks booth in San Jose at QuickBooks Connect 2019. And change is hard, right? It's going to take time. But is there, if I'm correct, right? Accounting Today had a paper magazine. Still does. Did Accounting Web have a paper magazine? Never. And Never. we and are celebrating our 20th anniversary this year. Just strictly web from the get-go. Interestingly, yeah. the first 15 years of Accounting Web, they were just in an office. They would call people and t- read the stories to them. They didn't have any <laughs> no electronic questions. It was that. They faggy faxed some stuff days. early on. Those were the it just got on the internet just but, five but, I mean, ago. you guys had to go through a change because media, I mean, you think the accounting industry is going through a change. Look at the shift media has had the last 25 years so can you speak like some of the learnings of that as far as like how you had to transition right dan like how that that affected you guys well that's i mean you know the probably the big overall lesson is you have to go where the people are right you have to go where you where your where your readership for us where your readership wants to be for accountants you need to go where your clients want to be they want to be they want a certain kind of service they want a certain kind of um a certain kind of interaction whatever that may be and it'll vary from client to client you need to meet them there um, and that's the thing we realized was more and more of our audience more and more uh, our audience, actually, our audience, we still have a paper magazine because we still have a section of our audience that just wants paper magazine, and it's a great way for us to reach them. Uh, we reach the majority of our audience now, though, online, and actually a much bigger audience than we ever had because we have much bigger reach online. But that was the thing. We needed to be where they are. You're not going to reach any accountant under 40 with a print magazine, and actually some even older than that are already ready to Unless get Unless you're chasing you know, them down the street with it. Literally <laughs> whacking them with it. Uh, but that's a different service entirely. Um, and, and I think, value-added service. <laughs> exactly. 
you can't you can't automate that. You know, having a person chase you down the street is pretty much a personalized service. Uh, but that's what I'd say, that's the message I would say for accountants is you really need to be where where your where your clients need to be. And it's actually I would expand it and say you need to be where you're the staff you want. Right? We're, we're always talking about staff crunch and how difficult it is to find people. You need to be where they uh, um, where they are. And whether that means at a certain technology level, you need to you can't look like an old fashioned firm uh, when they come into your office, um, or whether it means you know recruiting if you're recruiting through you know local local papers yeah. that's probably have not the odd to, standing yeah. desk and yeah things you gotta like that. you gotta look like look like where they want to be so it's a so i don't want to let you off easy seth since you're saying like hey we've been on web since day one but like i'm, I'm sure it's changed like the the game is different oh it is and what i was going to add was is you know yeah you've had to to dan's point it's like you do have to respond to your audience i would go a step further in that i i spend uh you know uh, we spend a lot of our day figuring out you know things like looking at google analytics and looking at where traffic is coming from so we have to go to them. That's why search engine optimization has become so important because we have to know the things that they're searching for. So we have to have searchable topics. We have to really focus on, you know, the things that, you know, it's like, okay, this is driving traffic, but why and where is it coming from? So we have to, you know, fine tune those dials a bit more than ever. That's a tremendous parallel, right, with accounting, right? There was, for years in print, you had no idea what people were reading, what people were responding to, how advertising was doing. It's a lot of Um, guesswork. It was all guesswork and sort of like, we think and, and everyone had to believe you. Um, and now What's our just, circulation? Right. You know, and yeah, now it's like podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> no idea who's out there. There are at least five people listening to this podcast right now. Um, My mom, your mom. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's ten. Sorry, I was. Assuming, I was. I, I guess we're, none of us are probably going to listen to this anyway. <laughs> all right, so it is. It is. It is all our moms. Is that even on? Uh, no, it's, it's not even recording. This is just yes. <laughs> I don't just say the, the amount of data that's available and the need to go through it, the need to to to, to actively uh, dig through it as opposed to just going with guesswork and saying, you know, eh, we think this is what's going on. Now you can know. And more and more clients are going to want that from accountants. And the data is there. It's just the accountants need to be willing to dive into it and, and grab it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we have to, you know, again, I bring up Google Ana- Analytics again. It's like, okay, I'm, you know, I've, I'm, I'm looking at this chart. I'm looking at these these trends and things like that by topic, by just, you know, you know generally. And, you know, we, we make decisions a lot, you know, based on that because we have it in front of us. You know, same thing with bookkeepers. You know, they have these numbers in front of them. It's Now it's like, okay, you know, how do we respond to that? What do we, what do, we do with that? Getting back into the, you know, the topic uh, idea, you know, so outside of tax and things like that, uh, things like cash flow management, cash flow forecasting, that is becoming pretty big. You know, for us, and we wouldn't have known that necessarily had we, you know, obviously anecdotally you talk to people at shows and things like that. That's why we, we do like to get out uh, among the other humans <laughs> uh, every so often behind it and just not stay at our desks. Um, but uh, you know, but yeah, looking at some of the numbers too, things that people are searching and, and coming to our site, we're like, oh wow, okay, we should have more on this. And cash flow management, right? That is kind of like the basic advisory service that you could be offering as a as an accountant or a bookkeeper to your clients because every business for sure, yeah. every business has to think about cash flow right and some crazy number of businesses percentage go out of business every year because of cash flow problems like 80% right so uh, we've talked about advisory we've touched on that and automation and I, I want to get your take on like how those two things tie together because they are really related in that 
right? We're all talking about compliance being automated. Obviously, not all compliance is going to be automated, but that that there's a lower level, right? Like basic returns. We have the tax prep companies, TurboTax. Their audit work. Uh, lower level audit work is being automated with with AI, right? Companies like MindBridge. Um, uh, I think like Thomson Reuters has a, a product that does that too. So like there, there's less need for staff. Um, you know, TurboTax Live, right? A lot of people are going to go to that instead of walking into a tax store um, these days. So like. That's pushing. Um, that's pres- putting pressure on the bottom of compliance, and then it's the uh, the advisory is what you need to move up into, right? From there. Well, to have anything left, my favorite thing is Credit Karma. I don't know if you've heard of Credit Karma, right? They did not this year, but last year did a million tax returns for free. Because they're like, well, we have all your financial information from your credit report. Uh, we'll do your tax return. For-. They did a million. Now, there's, whatever, 145 million tax returns filed every year, but they did a million of them. It doesn't take long for you to realize that a lot of that business can just disappear. And if you're not doing advisory, then, you know. What are you doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> In the other part, it's not just chasing revenue, but it's chasing profitable revenue, right? The audit and tax work is fine. It's table stakes, as we talked about before. But the more profitable billable hour or project or value-based billing, so I don't get Ron chasing me, is... <laughs> you will. Oh, he's, he's got a crease. <laughs> is, I mean... I the, feel that red dot on your forehead. That's his... <laughs> the reason you're, you're pursuing he's it... He's in the rafters <laughs> looking to shoot us. He's somewhere. He's everywhere. But but uh, but the, the more profitable work is that advisory work, right? So it's not just a matter of finding alternatives. Uh, one of the things we're seeing at, at the larger firms, um, and I'm going to play host and ask Dan and Seth to, to chime in on this one. I look to the larger firms to see what what's what's happening, what's going going to happen downstream, right? So one of the things that we've seen over the last two years since the, the tax rollout is a larger firm shedding clients, firing clients that were just doing audit and tax, very basic, low margin kind of work, which then create opportunities for those downstream. And we get all the way down to the small to mid-sized firms. So here we're defining firms with less than 50 FTEs. One, they're those larger clients they're pursuing, but they're also seeing that tax advisory and financial advisory and all the cash flow work, et cetera, is higher margin opportunities as well. Yeah, I'll jump in and just reinforce that. I talked to somebody with a top 200 firm at Beach Fleischman um, in Tucson about two weeks ago at lunch, and he was saying, like, as they're moving into advisory and doing this higher value work, they're actually finally saying no to clients. They used to just take on every single person that came to the door, you're a client of Beach Fleischman. And now they've actually started to say no because they, in their new model, their business model, if they don't select the right clients, their business model doesn't work in the future. I want to see, I, I actually, because that's it, I think that is the, the, the way to go in the future, but I am fascinated because the, there's got to be some firm somewhere that will take all the dogs that get kicked out of everybody else who are like, I don't want to work with you. It's QuickBooks Live. It's <laughs> Oh, Take them to the burn ward. But anyways. Yeah. Um, but that's we love all of our vendors here at they've got to, they got to end up somewhere, right? But, but uh, it's the QuickBooks Live model. So there's <laughs> a bunch of firms doing this model. Yeah. Sorry, there's a couple guys in dark suits well, that are coming this way. But this is, I mean, that is, right? that, that makes sense. That's where they're going to end up. Because what's going to happen, I think, for, for the accounting firms, what they're going to be, what we're going to discover is every small business is going to get a CFO or a kind of CFO, right? If the accountants are moving up to advisory the way they, they, they should be, they're going to be doing the bookkeeping, they're going to be looking at the books, looking at the taxes, but also then providing them 
the, the advice that a CFO should be, should be giving them. In theory, this is going to make it, well, everything's much more complicated for everybody. So it may be the, the, the difference between more small businesses surviving or not, but it may also be the difference between a lot more successful small businesses than not, right? I mean, that's one of the models behind anything you're bringing an accountant together with a small business is that they can, they can use that advice. And if, if accountants are uh, automating and uh, moving away from the, the, the actual, you know, the grunt work of the bookkeeping, the tax work, and freeing themselves up to do more of the analysis and the insight and the advisory stuff, in theory, everybody's business should be, uh, should be in much greater shape. Dogs and, and cats living together. Uh, no, seriously. I mean, this is really what is, you know, if, if you really want to start, you know, really going there, uh, it's like you're, you're actually helping out the economy more than, you know, some of the regulatory environment uh, would, would otherwise do or, or not do. But, you know, you have to start somewhere. It's not just, hey, poof, I'm a CFO, you know, or, you know, hey, poof, I'm an advisor. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a gradual thing, but you have to sort of just be willing to kind of embrace you know, some of this work and, and actually just, you know, really think about, all right, you know, look, we look at the profession in, uh, in three sort of tranches, if you want to put it in a pyramid. So way at the top, about say seven or 8% are like the, you know, these are, this is like kind of the, uh, you know, the, the Uber community. These are, you know, people like Chad from Live CA, and Ryan and like people who are just like really way at the top, Tom Brolin, people who are kind of like really have embraced automation from the get go and are, are doing all kinds of amazing things and, you know, are, you know, just really like, oh, like, oh, these are the, these are the accountants of the future today. And then you have sort of like, you know, uh, in the middle, I'd say around, you know, somewhere around 50, 55 percent, good, good chunk of the market are like just kind of your, your work a day, uh, your CPAs, your enrolled agents, um, your, uh, your bookkeepers who are at firms with, you know, less, you know, a dozen or so staff, uh, easily sub 20 staff, and they are not unwilling to change and, and do all these things. They just need help. And they need they need that hand holding, and then you have what I call the LMAs, the leave me alones. They're kind of in the bottom. <laughs> uh, they're just like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm already you know booking you know 150k you know a year. Um, I've got my my client base, and like it's not that they're not willing to tweak things in their own practice, but they're so you know maybe you don't pay as much attention to them, but they're still kind of the minority. So the majority is still they finally have gotten to the point of where like they're willing to listen and it's taken years but you know here we are 2019 and you finally have the majority of the profession they're saying yeah talk to me but you know do it in the right way i think there's sort of two buckets of companies if you look at in those three tranches right there's the companies that are looking firms are looking to grow and firms that are fine with with the lifestyle choice you know there are growth can be subjective too absolutely you know, there's nothing wrong with someone saying, I've got my clients, I know QuickBooks, I don't need to learn anything else, and I'll use my older version until I can't, it's not support anymore, and then I'll just upgrade to the next version. I don't need anything else. This is good enough. I'm making enough money. Those guys are not listening to the podcast. No. Those aren't our customers. In that case, they were at a party last week, and you should hear what they did. <laughs> but but I think that that's that's part of my the LMAs, right? Yeah. But, but, but the folks that are growing or that are seeking growth, either because they want more profit per partner, they're looking for a good strategy, et cetera, automation is a great enabler to drive toward 
greater profitability. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you all so much for joining us. Um, Thanks so for I, having us at the table. Yeah. Your media properties don't come off this fun. Just to get some <laughs> feedback. You guys are much more fun we, in person. We, we like That's because our bosses don't usually let us do this. <laughs> so, but we were the bosses. <laughs> So, so I, th- hey. I, think, I think that illusion was shattered long ago. <laughs> so, uh, so our listeners know where to reach you, and and you know if they haven't discovered your publication yet, let's let's let them know. Uh, we'll go down the line. Dan, uh, Dan Hood, uh, where can people connect with you online and your media? All right. Well, we're we're at accountingtoday.com. I'm at accountingedit on Twitter, uh, or Daniel.hood at sourcemedia.com. And how about you, Seth? Uh, we are HTTPS. Um, colon for so accounting accountingweb.com and I am Seth.feinberg at accountingweb.com also on uh, Twitter at B2B Seth and Jess Jess here at accountex uh, accountex.com really easy to find as always I am at Blake T. Oliver on Twitter and you David I'm at David Leary and I think that's a wrap thanks guys cheers all thanks 